you know, this is such a busy time of year, and we say this almost every year, that it just seems to get busier and busier. So it's, it's good to take some time just to be quiet and to pray and to hear the Lord in this busy season of Advent. We're in um, the second week of Advent leading up to Christmas morning. And um, one of the things that I think our culture doesn't really get is that Christmas, the season of Christmas starts on Christmas. So if you want 12 more days of the season of Christmas, then you got from Christmas morning 12 days beyond that to like January 5 or so. So you can kind of extend this out even further if you like. We're in this series, The Heart of Christmas, um, something that I hope will help us kind of remember the primary focus of this season, the central meaning through those common gifts that we focus on almost every Christmas, hope and peace and joy and love, and finally leading all the way to the birth of Jesus. Last week we began with hope at the heart of Christmas, and we actually looked backwards first at some of the prophetic texts in the book of Isaiah and the whole idea of God being with us, and that all those words that were spoken hundreds of years before Jesus' birth were all meant to point to what God was going to do, and then eventually that is what God did. He carried through on his promises. That is what gives us the confidence, the complete hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Today we're going to look at this wonderful offer of peace. Peace is kind of the second theme. Because there is peace in the heart of Christmas. In fact, we could probably say peace is the heart of Christmas. It's at the very center of what God is doing. Like many of you, um, and some of you who were at our house on Thursday evening, you saw our tree and... We have a bunch of uh, traditions just like you do, and we have a bunch of decorations that we even put up every year, and some of them are marking certain times in our life or places that we've been, and some of them are just fun things that you pick up along the way and you put out, maybe it's a funny story or a funny memory, and you probably have your own traditions that you have with Christmas, um, different things that you do every single year. A few weeks ago, some of you thought I was kidding about Rice Krispies, but just to confirm that, yes, it is my favorite. This is my favorite ornament. This is my Rice Krispies ornament. I took a little picture of it this morning so, you could, so I could prove that, yes, Snap, Crackle, and Pop are the three most influential people in my life after Jesus, of course. That's my favorite ornament. But I also took a look this morning on our tree And I discovered that we also have a whole series of ornaments. I didn't realize how many ornaments we have that point to peace. Um, This one was from my sister during the pandemic, and she got this from uh, somewhere in northern Minnesota from a tree, and then they made these into little ornaments. Um, this, This one on the right is the Dove of Peace, and this is from Honduras, And I can't remember where we got this one, but I'm sure somebody gave it to us. And then we even had two more. We had, you know, always those fun little ones. Maybe you have these on your own tree that that they kind of spin around. And this one also is the Dove of Peace. 
And then finally, we have this one, which is the Dove of Peace, and it's made out of wood um, from, the olive, from one of the olive trees in the Holy Land. And these are all just little things that every time we see them, they remind us of either who gave them to us, except for that one that I can't remember, or they really help us remember the reason for why we're celebrating Christmas in the first place and this whole season. Yes, Rice Krispies also does that as well. You might have your own ornaments that have special memories for you as well. And many of these just are simple reminders of what Christmas is all about. You see, we see the birth of Jesus as a gift, and it is. But what Jesus brought to earth as a gift for us is the gift of peace. The opportunity for peace on earth as it already is in heaven. Now, we are well aware that as it is in heaven is not what it looks like here on earth. We are far short of achieving that goal of perfect peace, Jesus as the Prince of Peace. But God's deep desire is for all of creation to no longer be broken and in conflict, but rather restored and at peace, especially in the relationship between God and each one of us. And in fact, it starts there. It's virtually impossible to have any measure of peace, at least peace in the way that God sees it, in your life without you first achieving peace with God. And this possibility was opened up through the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's pathway back to a state of peace began in one of those unlikely places among a group of unlikely people. It was a place that was out of the way, it was out of sight, and it was out of mind for most people of that day. And that's where we begin today, looking at this out-of-place situation. The Christmas story begins with a group who some might say kind of an odd group of people. So let's read some verses from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's how the Christmas story, at least as it's recorded, begins. The first announcement of the arrival of Jesus was given by a multitude of heavenly angels to a group of shepherds out in a field in the middle of the night watching over their flocks so that they wouldn't get 
eaten up. Certainly not what we would picture announcing the king of kings had been born. Shepherds in first century Israel existed on the fringe of society. They lived on their own for months, traveling with their flocks. People didn't really like to be around them because they smelled and they were seen as low people, low caste. And it would have shocked the first readers of Luke that these were the people God entrusted with such an important message. But this is often the way of God, doing what we don't expect. Perhaps you've felt that in your own life, God moving or acting in ways that you were not anticipating, maybe bringing people into your life that you did not know or you were surprised Or maybe even in your own life, turning you around in such a way that other people who see you now are like, are you the same person? I know for me, that's true. And some of the people who knew me back when. God's way often is opening his way and entrusting his message to to those the world deems unfit, unworthy, unremarkable. This is at the heart of Christmas, my friends, and the message which came through the birth of Jesus. This message reminds both us and the world that the peace of God is for all people. All people. The angels had to steady the shepherds by telling them not to be afraid because they were terrified in their presence. Up to this point, any time God appeared in, in some sort of visible form, whether it was power or light or sound, you know, it was a terrifying experience. People thought that when you were in the presence of the holy, that you would die, because that's what had happened before. And now suddenly, God is doing a new thing. God with us. The fact that you could be in the presence of God and not perish was something totally new for people to believe in. The message that the angels brought was good news because that baby had been born who was the long-awaited Messiah. The one promised long ago, all those words of prophecy that we looked at last week. The one who came to rescue God's people. The angels told the shepherds where to find Jesus, and before they left on their search, a heavenly host spoke over these shepherds a word of peace. Peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Through this birth, Jesus was bringing peace to earth in a way that had never been seen before, nor thought of as a real possibility. One of the cool things about this particular section of Scripture, if you imagine that moment, it's actually inspired a lot of different artwork. I would encourage you, you could go online and you can see all the different things that have been drawn and sketched and those moments that were inspired just by this one moment. Something never before was now happening. In a recent survey, Out of all the characters in the entire Christmas story, shepherds are the ones that people identify with the most. 
The shepherds were invited to the birth of the king of kings. They were people that were looked down on. And the fact that God would come to them actually gives you and me hope that this really is good news. If God's favor was offered to those shepherds, then surely God's favor and peace is available to you and to me, sinners though we may be. Even if we don't know it, and even if the world doesn't know it, peace is still one of the world's greatest needs. There's a Peanuts cartoon from the early 80s where Lucy says to Charlie Brown, I hate everything. I hate the whole world. And Charlie Brown says, I thought you had inner peace. And Lucy says, I do, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. Even if we have a measure of peace that we've received from God, we still exist in this world that knows so little peace. I don't have a picture of it, but those of you that were around for Independence Day 1996 movie, there's that line with the alien when they, they asked for peace and what does the alien say? Peace, no peace. We want peace and yet it is very elusive. This is why Jesus' birth was and is such good news. From the time sin entered the world and affected all of creation, we have been at odds with God. And the Bible shows us over and over, especially as we read throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, that our rebellion is against God and his rule and reign. And it actually makes us enemies of God until we come to know him personally. That while we were still sinners and enemies of God, Christ died for us. Doing what we could not. Jesus' birth is the ultimate answer to the brokenness that existed in the world. That was God's plan. Announcing this birth to a bunch of unlikely people in the middle of nowhere in some backwater of the Roman Empire and and having God be born in that little stable. We have brokenness between ourselves and God. We have brokenness between ourselves and others in our life, other people. And we also have brokenness even with ourselves and our own heart. Several decades after Jesus returned to heaven, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a local church and he explained this reality to them. He was expressing the role that Jesus plays in making peace the church in Colossae, or the letter to the Colossians. Let me read a few verses for us this morning. Verse 19 in chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. All things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, 
if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. To understand that peace is ushered in at this Christmas time. We must understand that although Jesus arrives in a stable and in a cradle, his life leads to his death on a cross, his sacrifice. And that this is ultimately what made it possible for us to have peace with God, the blood of Jesus. This is the price that restored our connection to God. It is why peace is in the heart and at the heart of Christmas. Jesus reconciles us to God. Now, reconciles is one of those big words that the Bible likes to use, but we, we, we have a sense of what that is when we talk about reconciliation, especially reconciliation between people that we know, relationships that we have. Reconciliation is at its heart a relational word. It means to reestablish relationship after disruption or brokenness. It is a purposeful act. You don't just wander into reconciliation. It's purposeful act designed to remove hostility between you and God, between you and people around you, and in your own heart. To make things right with one another. Sometimes the Bible says to make peace. Now being reconciled to God is of course the key that can unlock this in every other aspect of our lives. We first have to receive that gift of forgiveness that is offered to us by faith and become friends of God once again. And when we do, he calls us family. Some may believe that being made right with God means that we'll never face any problems. But you know, and I know, that is hardly the case. 99 problems we have. One Christian writer says it like this. Peace does not mean you won't have any problems. Peace means that your problems won't completely have you. Maybe you've made peace with God at this point in your life. Maybe the peace that you need is to make peace with yourself peace for every past mistake or personal struggle or worry for the future. Know that the peace that God offers you is a peace that is met by his love and grace. We've done nothing to deserve it. That's who God is. He extends that gift to us. Or maybe the peace that you need is to make peace with others because of the forgiveness that you have received from God. When we come to recognize what we have received already, we are better able to interact and forgive the people around us. And our hearts are actually transformed to be able to offer grace to others. Now the peace offered to those on whom God's favor rests does not equal the absence of conflict. You may still have circumstances that don't go go your way or challenging uh, people in your life, relationships that are hard to navigate, 
and you might even have to release those things into God's control and will. He already is in control. We might just need to release it to God. And you might not be able to see how reconciliation can take place in some of your relationships. And it is possible that for you here on earth, it is not possible. It may only be possible for God down the road. You might never see that reconciliation that you desire amongst people that you are with. That's one of the sad realities of our fallen world that we live with. So we hold on to that promise that one day there's going to be a second advent. An advent where Jesus returns to earth to make things right. Make all things right once and for all. The peace that he offers is enough to cover our past and meet us in our present and is a promise for the future. It actually gives us something to aim for in our lives. Peace is something that God wants all of us to aim for. In fact, I would say peace is our purpose. Once you have the peace of God in your hearts, the angel's proclamation becomes a more complete reality on earth. The more that you and I seek peace, to promote peace, to make it a purpose in our lives, the more we make that proclamation a reality here on earth. And if it does not begin with the people of God, then where can it go from here? Peace is what directs who we are and how we operate in life. It can lead us to act in ways that we don't necessarily prefer or we don't have an inkling to go that way right away. The angels told the shepherds that peace was available to those on whom God's favor rests. If you have taken that step with God already, then know that his peace rests upon you. Jesus actually said something similar when he was here on earth. Matthew 5, 9, he, in his most famous message of all time, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And over and over, Jesus actually presents this not as an option, like a buffet that we get to choose from, but something that he wants each of us to be about, being peacemakers in our lives and in this world. We know that this is so hard, but it's the call of Jesus upon our lives. It's an expectation that he has for us. To join God in this effort is one of the greatest purposes of our entire life. You know as much as I do that this is so hard. You probably have that person that you're thinking of right now that you're like, I don't see a way. I have no idea how I'm going to be about making peace with that person. Or maybe you have a whole bunch of people. And maybe people think the same thing about you. When we seek reconciliation, when possible, with others, and aim for harmony instead of sowing dissension and discord, we identify more and more with the heart of God. That's the heart, at least part of the heart, of Christmas. We begin to look more like Jesus and we are recognized in his family as children of God. 
peace is one of those hard things. We would hope that it would be in the absence of conflict, but we all know conflict. We would hope that it's an absence of warfare, but we all know warfare, both global and local. We would hope that it would be right relationship with God and with others and with ourselves, and yet we know that it's a great, great challenge. Friends, peace is at the heart of Christmas because it's God's desire for us. It's his gift to us. It's the very reason why Jesus came to earth. So this Christmas, may we be those who embrace this gift, working for it as much as possible. This gift that's offered to us through Jesus who died for us so we might live in right relationship with him and with others and ourselves as well. Living for peace on earth as it already is in heaven. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to pray that for you personally, that God might grant you a measure of the peace that he has already gifted to us. You might have something going on in your life right now that needs a greater measure of God's peace. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful that you sent your son Jesus to earth as this perfect gift that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And may that gift give us hope, hope for today and bright hope for tomorrow. God, I pray for each person here. You, you know the details of our lives. You know the chaos and the dysfunction that exist. And you also know the areas that are going pretty well right now. I pray that in this season where we focus on the theme of peace, that you might help make a way for us to be the peacemakers that you call us to be. That the peace we have already received from you would overflow out of us like a blessing to the world and to those around us. God, maybe it's that one person that's been on our mind. Maybe it's that one relationship that we struggle with. Will your peace, O oh Lord, be what guides and motivates us in this season. I pray for an outpouring of your spirit to help us in this. God, thank you for the gift of your son. We offer this prayer humbly and in the name of Jesus, we say, amen.